0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Lang Up Podcast. We have, uh, I believe, our third professional golfer ever on the No Lang Up Podcast. He's a member of, currently a member of the Web.com Tour. You know him as Max Homa. Max, what's going on today?
1: What's up? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You are. You just told me you are actually a listener sometimes of the Nolan podcast. I had no idea that pro golfers listened to this. It
1: is very entertaining. <laughs> you guys, you guys do a pretty good job. I'm, I'm impressed. I usually don't even like to watch much golf, so let alone listen to people talk about it. Enter- uh, entertaining. You obviously, you're doing something right.
0: Entertaining is one word to describe it. I guess you could say. But that's, <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, giving I guess to give people a, little, a bit of a background on you, you were a you played on the Walker Cup team in 2013, NCAA individual national championship in 2013. You won the 2014 BMW Charity Pro Am and made, played your way onto the PGA Tour in 2015, uh, where you made 12 12 cuts, missed 15 cuts, and ended up not retaining your status on the PGA Tour. What is it? What it what? How would you describe your first year on the PGA Tour?
1: Yeah, um, you know it's it's really really hard. Uh, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we were talking about it. Um, your first year on tour, they say you have full status, but it, it's just you don't because um, you're you're not sure what you're going to get to play in. Um, You know, I I got lucky. I got into a couple an invitational, which was completely out of left field, so that wasn't in my schedule to start the year. And you kind of end up for me. I found that I played. Way too many tournaments in a row, but you get so excited that you're you're in. You're like, okay, here we go. Like, I'm just gonna fly out on Monday, and next thing you know, you're like, wow, I just played five tournaments in a row. I'm exhausted. So it was tough. And you know, in the beginning of the year, unless you're you know Justin uh, Thomas, uh, you're stuck in the in the last tee time of both waves. So you're literally playing, uh, you know, at eight o'clock at night some some days, like finishing around. And you're trying to play, you know, Riviera Country Club, and it, it's tough, man. Um, uh, it's it's really impressive what JT and Berger and them did last year, because um, you know I, I think it, it goes it's a little underrated. You see, you know, Spieth and Tiger and all that make it look pretty easy, but it's a, it, that's a real grind.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is those guys are the exception to the rule, and those guys do yeah. make it easy. And those guys are the names that people know when it's it's so it's so hard to really. Properly describe how many players are just right at that edge of breaking through, and the the, the I think the current PJ tour is very well designed for the perennial contenders, the guys that have been there before that they can they can play their way into their forties. Whereas yeah. break, breaking through that has got to be really difficult. And you you already touched on one of the things I wanted to ask you about in that you you with the priority that you had. It probably was very difficult for you to turn down any entrance into events. Is that correct to say?
1: A hundred percent. That that was the toughest part because at the beginning of the year, um, the beginning of the year, we uh, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get into very many of the fall tournaments. I knew I'd get into you know a couple. I knew I'd get into Mississippi, but I wasn't sure which one. So I, you know, I was ready to go. I, I was going to play the five. But what people don't really understand is we finished. Uh, our season and the play our playoffs. What twelve day ten days before I had to leave for the fries, and we had been going pretty much every week or every other week since June. You know, because we don't the web doesn't have very many events, and you can't really skip those because right. you need you know you need every dollar you can make. So, you know, shoot you 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 get ten days off and you got to go play. The, you know the big boys, so you get in that mindset that man, we're not going to get in very many events. Let's p- we get into, but you start flying from LA to you know Jupiter for the Honda, uh staying out there for you know Tampa and Puerto Rico, and it's just like gosh, you know I I haven't <laughs> I haven't gotten to catch my breath yet, and like go practice. And you're just playing. It's fun, but I mean, I think if I if I could do it again. Like, hopefully next year, I'm, I'm going to really think out my schedule just because I think that was the hardest part. You don't, you know, not knowing what you get into, you gotta you got to be smarter when you plan it.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans of the game like to think, they don't, they can't relate to the fatigue part of the game in that they think golf is not a game, you know, where there's physical contact, you're not running up and down a court, um, but the there is a fatigue factor, right, in flying from event to event, being in a hotel all the time, being in a different rental car, worrying about your logis- logistics, being in strange cities, having like what you said where you are playing until 8 o'clock at night and then if you don't finish around, round, you're up the first thing in the morning yeah. to that. So there's, there's, it's got to be hard to be in a different location, a different time zone week after week and have your game match up to that. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's, 100%. Uh, I wanted to, I would always joke, uh, so obviously, when you get a flight last minute, you rarely get a great seat. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to get like a little, like my own little whatever YouTube blog or whatever going because the glamorous life of a tour pro, you know, I'm sitting middle seat, twenty six D, just hating life, and I have to go play a practice round in the morning. And I played, I mean, you played so many practice rounds that first year where you're, you're like, not even awake, you know, because I, I like to get out early before it gets busy and, you know, hot during the summer. But, shoot, you know, you landed at 10 o'clock the night before, which is really, you know, you waking up at 6, which is really 3. You know, if you're on the East Coast, for me, it's really like 3 a.m. You go play this round and, you know, hopefully, you know, four to six days later, you're out again and, and you're back on the plane. And it's not, I mean, you know... Rory and Ricky and Jordan, I mean, they're, they're on a private plane, which is probably right. still tiring, but it's a completely different world. I mean, I'd love to put my feet, you know, <laughs> lay my feet out, <laughs> but... I'm mean, here, to stuck. So it's 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 tough. It you know it's not physically that demanding. The golf, obviously, you get through it. It's mentally a little bit exhausting, but it's the travel and like you said, the logistics and where are you going to go stay and eat? And, I mean that that gets really old fast.
0: Well, so I I think this the answer. To this is going to be different between the PGA Tour and the Web Tour, but maybe it's not. But what is how are the logistics handled? Are, are you are you booking your own flights? Do you have as your agent booking flights, booking houses? to stay in hotels to stay in like what is a typical how does how does that usually work out
1: Yeah so my first year um I was you know I, I don't you know they tell me whatever whatever city you're going to um you're like, okay, uh, what airport do I even fly to? <laughs> you know, I mean, you have no idea where you're going. So I, I started having my agent book my flights at least, just so I, I was ready to be the guy that flies into like the wrong Kansas City and then has to drive eight hours. Um, so uh, I, I really wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to happen. So I've had my agent book most of my flights, unless you know, I have one that you know I specifically can get that's easy. Um, hotels, uh, I mean, shoot. Uh, we do host housing on Web. You can stay with a family. Okay. Uh, the golf courses are really nice, and I think their membership or something volunteers. So I probably won't do that so much this year. But you know, your first year you don't have you don't have very much money. Yeah, um, that that's huge. I mean, it's weird, but I, I've actually met some really cool families along the way, so that that's nice. But so they'll you know set up that. But now that I've done it once, I have a what's good and. You know if you know if there's a spot I eat at a lot uh so you know now I can kind of do it a little more but I still like my agent doing it like I said it's it's one less thing you have to you have to think about and I mean I'm not getting phone calls from you know TV shows trying to put me on so my agent needs to go do something <laughs> he, he must get bored <laughs>
0: Um, so what is, I guess, so for something like you, you played the first, I I don't know, how, how many web.com events have there been so far? I know you've played two. Uh, there've been two. You've only, yeah, okay, you played them both. I, right?
1: Panama and Bogota, yeah. Yeah,
0: so you played, uh, you, you made about 1500 bucks at Panama and you made 6000 for your T23 finish in, and Bogota. Do, does, does the winnings from that, tur- those tournaments pay for the trip itself?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Okay. I, I made, I made decent money. Uh, that's a good question though. Uh, yeah, that, cause actually Brazil coming up, uh, if you look at the round trip flight, it's ridiculous, it's like 2200 yeah. bucks right now, which is a joke. Um, but yeah, so I had a ho- um, local caddies down there. Okay. So the caddy thing was pretty cheap, which was nice. Um, the 15, the first one probably broke about even, uh, food's cheap down there. So that, yeah. that saves some money. Um, but uh, yeah, that one probably was about even, maybe a, a, up a little bit. Uh, the flights weren't too bad. We got them a long time ago. Okay. Uh, the si- I mean six six thousand. Uh, if I spent six thousand dollars, I did something really, really, really wrong. in
0: Colombia. <laughs> you might be bringing yeah, somebody bringing something you back with you with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, the,
1: you you yeah, you did something illegal. <laughs> you spent something <laughs> down there for the week. <laughs>
0: But that was my, that was, you you said that you booked your flights in advance, but that's another thing is like when you, when you're don't know where you're going to be the next weeks, I'd imagine you're, you're, you're sometimes booking, do you book open-ended like on the PGA tour when you weren't sure what your status was going to be week to week? Were you booking open-ended flights for tournaments and just figuring out once you were there?
1: Yeah, I got just, I got used to just kind of buying a flight and then, um, you know, canceling it if, if I needed to, or I mean, shoot, there, there's times too when you're stuck in a I remember I missed a cut in Canada and I had a flight Sunday but I mean it was Friday the middle of the day and I mean, what am I gonna do in Toronto for two days uh, so you you know really quick get on the phone and and you know get the the tour to help you find a flight out um, and then just save the credit and stuff I mean the, the 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 setup like I said I mean if you know where you're gonna be it's so it's so easy because you can get all the flights at the beginning of the year but for me I didn't even know I didn't even know what you know, day I was going to be able to fly out, uh, because I didn't know if I'd be in the tournament that, you know, the week before. So the, that, that was tricky.
0: Yeah. See, these are all things that like people, I, most people don't even think about uh, with, and it goes <laughs> on for every single idea. player too. That's what's, that's what's,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what so I find funny. fascinating. I mean, the, the funniest stuff too, is like, you see like, for instance, Daniel Summerhays is a really good golfer. I don't know if you guys, um, I mean, he, he, he hasn't, I don't think he's won, but he's, oh, yeah. you know, he keeps his card every year. Yeah. Um, he has an enormous family (laughs) and uh so we're like on a flight i was on like back-to-back flights with him and he's got i I feel so bad for him i mean he's got like five kids with him and and his wife fortunately and like they're you know i moved seats so that like they could all sit together and it's like this whole thing and, and you know, everyone's like, oh, man, being on tour just sounds so easy. It's like this poor guy. I mean, I don't know how he did it. He probably played great that week, but I'm like, I'm stressed out by myself. <laughs> this guy has to watch five, four or five little kids just run around a plane and just try to make sure that they, like, don't die. <laughs> That's yeah. Pe- so,
0: People with it's families. Just a different world. I don't get how anyone does it. Not even PGA Tour life. I, I it's just me. Oh. I I'm the only one I have to take care of, and I barely do it on a week to week basis. So these people with families <laughs> of four and stuff. I don't get how they do it. But, yeah, I can't imagine no. that. And I, I mean. It, isn't there pressure? Is there? I guess is there pressure in? Uh, you have a regular full time caddy for the Web Tour and for the PGA Tour, or how does that work? Um,
1: I am kind of in, in between, so I have I have I have a setup, yeah, right now. But I had a my buddy caddy for me the last two years.
0: And did, uh, is there any pressure to earn to earn money? I guess for your caddy, like I I feel like there would be a set, you would feel like you let them down when you miss a cut. Is that does that exist?
1: um yeah i mean 100 uh so like i said i had i had uh my like one of my best friends caddy for me for two years we got lucky i got into a tournament my first ever pro event was uh, the fries two years ago three years ago and um we and I, I didn't you know i didn't have a caddy i just turned pro like the week before and i asked him if he'd come up because he had caddied for uh, his his other buddy once up there chapel kevin chapel and uh he's, he's like you know i've seen the course if you, want, if you want me to carry and we got ninth and you know we're yeah. leaving and i was like i don't know if, like how you felt but like i'd love to keep this going so we keep it you know we went going and i had to, obviously you know my first year was a lot better than last year um and yeah it, <laughs> when you're frank for you it's a little stressful because you start missing cuts and you're like jeez dude like (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know what to tell you uh so that was actually kind of a one of the bigger reasons i i uh you know we didn't have some bad breakup or anything we both kind of agreed it was time to go separate ways because it it is a little bit hard that's not something you really want to ever think about whether that came into play like on the golf course probably didn't happen but just after just it's kind of miserable so my caddy now that i'll have um hopefully he's not listening to this, but I don't, (laughs) I'm not so worried about as much as I was before. Um, You know, obviously I'd love for him to make as much money as possible, but I mean, uh, that's the nature of the business. You don't know what you're going to make. I will say down in Panama, I had had a a gentleman, uh, Juan, he didn't speak, uh, he spoke a little bit of English. So we had a, you know, interesting relationship because obviously all he cares about is how much we make. There's no Hope you play good so the year goes well. Yeah. So he, I felt pressure.
0: Oh god! (laughs) But uh,
1: you know, because you know, you see him pumping his fist here and there. I'm just trying to stay above above water. So that was that was an interesting dynamic we had. But yeah, I I mean that yeah, I guess the first year I really wonder what like Greller. (laughs) <laughs> like it's thinking like
0: does he like he can't care that much if he miss a cut oh a thief uh, yeah I was gonna say your, your caddy down down, uh, down south was probably breaking clubs in your bag when you were making bogeys <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah I was
1: pretty scared <laughs>
0: Greller Greller Speaking to miss the next 100 cuts I think Greller will be quite fine financially but I
1: mean La is the funniest because he uh you know, he doesn't have to work right now, yeah. and someone's like, "Why? You know, why aren't you working?" It's like, "Well, <laughs> would you? <laughs> You're on a salary, and you get to sit at home and like basically not do anything." The craziest thing—did you guys see who was catting for Sun Kang last week? <laughs>
0: It was no, I did not. Who was that?
1: It was Fluff. <laughs> oh,
0: I did see that. I did see that. So yeah. that's
1: someone what? who loves golf.
0: Yeah. Well, how do I guess? How does that work? Do you, do, like, if you're if you're not Tiger's caddy, you can just be loaned out for a week. Because the last time, <laughs> the last I time one of Tiger's alone. caddies did that for Adam Scott, he got fired. Yeah, He
1: was gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't really know how that works. I know that the guys are pretty cool. Like, um, like my, my caddy. I think my caddy did it last year. Joe. I think you know, one week I wasn't. In and Chapel was playing, so he called Joe just because he was in between, you know, kind of like yeah. trying out caddies, and he wanted somebody he knew for sure, and they'll loan him. But I, I, don't, you don't see the big guys really like go around and play the field at all. So that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. I thought. Well, if there's if there's anything you've said that I can relate to, it's I had a caddy, a friend of mine, caddy for me once for some amateur event. It was a 36 hole event. And I totally understand what you're saying about it not working with with between friends. I don't think it's not the same as your situation. It sounds like it did at least work for a while. But my my friend walked off after 18 holes because we weren't getting along <laughs> very well. Probably because that's I was I was pulling <laughs> Ted Scott and blaming him for all the misclubbings and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> so
1: you can, that's the other problem. You can't do that when your friends, are no. you can't like get. I could. I never could get mad at him. Like <laughs> one time, I just wanted to yell at him. He didn't even really do anything. I mean, I think two or three times in our. And, and I, the whole two years I was actually like mad at him, but like, even when I was mad at him, I couldn't just, I wanted to yell at him, Yeah. <laughs> but like, you can't. Cause I was like, we're probably going to eat dinner together. after this. <laughs> like, that's going to be an awkward conversation. So that it's so it's weird. I, 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 I think that that's why, I mean, there's a huge age difference in so many of the caddies too, is cause like, you don't have to look at them like a peer yeah. in, in that sense. Like, Sovereign and Ricky uh, must do a great job because, I mean, that, that's got to be difficult too. I mean, yeah. they're, how they're, they're much, pretty similar and really good friends.
0: How much is that, like, I guess from, from what I've gathered, during the week, like, the caddies kind of do their own thing and the players do their own thing. Like, you guys spend enough time together, maybe it's different when you had your friend on the bag, but... Like, is that is that true? The caddies tend to stick together, they like stay together, sometimes share hotel rooms, eat dinner together, and the players kind of separate from themselves. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah. Um, I spent a ton of time with caddies last year because uh, my two best friends uh, both were caddying. Um, you know, one was caddying for Andrew Putnam. His name's uh, Johnny MacArthur. He doesn't need any, any more than obviously mine. So we would, you know, we get houses together and all that stuff. And, honestly, I love staying with the caddies because hearing their stories about what their player did or another one did is the funniest (laughs) stuff you'll ever hear. I mean, they need a TV show. It's hilarious, you know, about talking about what club they're going to hit and where they're going to aim. And, like, it's just funny. Um, So I spend a lot of time with the caddies, but I would say that most of the players and caddies separate, especially on tour. I think that you probably need some separation. I can't imagine wanting to, I mean, what the heck would they talk about really you gotta you gotta,
0: run hours. Out, you gotta run out of things to talk about at that point. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah i don't know I, I enjoyed it it was fun but I, like i said my we're like my two best friends so it makes yeah. it a little easier
0: yeah just hanging around the caddy barn is just where to get oh where to get gosh. stories like <laughs> yeah. i was it was a couple years ago at the memorial it was right after uh rory and uh wozniacki broke up and i was just hanging out there um Probably shouldn't have been there, but I was, and I was talking to a few of the guys, and a couple of other guys came by. They didn't even ask who I was. They didn't even know who I was, and just started spitting, like, what I assumed to be a very truthful and sourceful story about what happened between the two. And they didn't even, like, screen me at all. They didn't care if I heard the story. I mean, I, it, it's kind of tight i, I I've, I've, you know... I uh, respected their their conversation enough not to have shared the story, but I was like, "Wait a second, is this is this what it's like to just hang out in the car bar? And I can hang out here all day." Oh, oh my god!
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, or me do down there because no one knows. Like, censor it. <laughs> no, I'll tell you exactly what you said or thought.
0: <laughs> That's what we need a cat, a special caddy,
1: fun and plan. The plain answer of, oh yeah, you know, I just one shot at a time.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's
1: the worst. That's
0: the absolute worst. You know, that's yeah. the you know that's oh, the end yeah. of the interview when you get play it one shot of one shot at a time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't. I mean, I guess whatever. What are you gonna say? Yeah, if you start being honest, someone's gonna kill you for it. So
0: yeah. All right. So I think if I have the numbers right, you finished one sixty three on the FedEx Cup last year. If you were to say, "What is the, what is the biggest difference between you and whoever finished 125 last year?" What's the difference between you don't playing the Web Tour this year and playing the PGA Tour instead?
1: It's so small.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, I, like I, I can't I can't say that enough. Like it drives me nuts. Like watching Vaughn Taylor last week uh, when he won. It drives me nuts hearing them be like the announcers, or not just the announcers, but everybody be like, "Man, like what an upset." Like, I under, Phil is, you know, possibly, you know, second or third greatest golfer of all time. He's in the top for it. And um, and I'm actually fairly friendly with him. And he he's an unbelievable golfer. But if you were sitting on a driving range and you didn't know who the two were, it's not like you'd be shocked that Von Taylor played well. Like, right. he's really freaking good. <laughs> like, it's fun to watch that guy golf. And it's the same almost top to bottom. You know, there's always a few outliers that, you know, you can't you know maybe it's a little harder like to win, but they're all everyone's so good at something uh on tour I think that's the that's the biggest the biggest thing people don't notice is like if someone's out there, maybe they're not a rory where they can do everything, but they're probably really really good at something um and you know they they thrive on that so I would say the big the, the biggest difference one twenty five to one sixty three i mean it's just it's literally just a couple putts going in and maybe a little confidence um or a couple, you know, a couple shots, you know. And I'm not going to say getting a better bounce, but just yeah. getting in a slightly better spot, uh, knowing the golf course is maybe a little better. But uh, I mean, gosh, it, it is really small margin. Um, I wish people would spend more time looking at, you know, the seventy fifth best player in the world. Yeah. Uh, just to, just so you could see, like it's just there's a sharpness that the best players in the world have. I mean. That the, you could just kind of tell its style, but it's not like all of us haven't had that kind of sensation. They just seem to do it so often, which yeah. is what's the most impressive. But the golf game itself is not not that far off. Um, you know, like I said, they're they're very refined, and it's a day in day out thing. Mine's like a hopefully it comes this week, but <laughs> it's not like I, if I played really well, and you know, whoever played really well, I'd be like, holy cow, that's I could never do that.
0: Cause to me, it's like the, that difference is basically one big week, right? I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't have the math in front of me, but your best finish last year, you finished T six at the Sony Open. Like, right. I, I I don't. And I should probably should look this up before I say this. Like, I feel like if you have one more top five, like, if you throw a top five in there, you probably retain your card. I don't. It, oh, I would have hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So it, to me, it's it's the, they reward the the true big the true big weeks, but. Um, so you look looking back at that T six finish. Is there a sense of thinking like, look, this is this is my I have one like literally proven it on the course that that I am capable of doing this. Do you, is that something you still look back at and draw confidence from, or is that, does that T six feel like a distant memory to you now?
1: No, uh, I guess I don't look back on it, but I, I remember walking off that golf course that day, and I was like, man. I was like, that's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, doing it every week is one thing. I mean, like I told you before, I got ninth in my first one, Yeah, and it was the same feeling. Like, the ninth and the sixth were both the same feeling. I didn't play perfect. I thought I played better, actually, at the the fries, the first one, but maybe that's just because I was in, like, a whirlwind of, you know, it's my first event. The Sony, like, I played kind of bad the first day, and, like, I, I, I did a really good job. I think I shot, like, two under, but I, I, I kind of was, like, just... Holding on, and then the next day, uh Friday, uh, actually that was Justin. I played with Justin Thomas, and he shot like nine under, and it was like it was it, it was really impressive. I'm like, holy cow! Like, how the heck do you do this? Like, how would you do that? Like, I think I shot even. And I'm like, just kind of lingering, and it's just like, I was like, you know, how, how how do you you know get the green light to start going and get a move on? And then the next day, you know, you know, made the cut by a couple. I remember I birdied eight nine to finish the day. My last two holes you know my 17th and 18th and then it got me a little bit closer and then i played really well saturday next thing you know i'm like second last group and i'm like wow that was not that hard um but then you miss the next eight cuts <laughs> whatever it was and you're like i don't think i will ever play it again <laughs> like, it's wild how fast it switches <laughs> it's, i i told somebody this i don't know i mean this is, obviously there's no proof for this but after that t6 i went to humana down in uh uh, by me in palm springs and uh i remember you know a little tired it was like so fun the week before and i missed a cut by one or two and i can almost guarantee you that looking back on it that if i had made that cut i would have kept my card just because like that that's the other stuff you know you miss four cuts in a row it's amazing what your confidence does yeah or the other way i mean i was you, you think you're invincible when you get a top 10 and then you go and miss, you know, a few cuts, and it, it's just golf is is so cruel in that sense.
0: So along the same lines, like what the difference between? I'd I imagine this is a different answer. The difference between uh, the one hundred and sixty three guy on the FedEx Cup list and the number ten guy, like what is? You look at those guys, and you mentioned already the consistency in the week in week out and do it, but on a on a round to round basis, is it? Is it there just saving that one extra shot per round? I mean you, that sounds like a small amount, but one shot per round on the oh, tour is a career that's huge
1: it's a career, yeah oh uh, I was talking to uh, Mickelson, Phil, and uh, he was giving me a little help with like uh, drills and stuff, and he was talking in this in a way that w- i mean you know he, he he thinks things through a ton oh yeah, um, he was even joking it's like too much, but I mean his, that's just how his brain works. But he was saying, okay, you know, if you leave, you know, chips past the hole blah blah are XYZ harder, or putts past the hole are XYZ harder. If you're below the hole, it's, you know, this much easier. Um, You know, so if you have, you know, eight out of 10 below and two out of 10 above, you're going to make this much and you're going to save a quarter of a stroke around. And he goes, if you give me a stroke a tournament for the rest of my career, you know. I'm going to make this much more. And I'm like, holy cow, that's, I mean, obviously a lot of thinking, but that's so true. I mean, a quarter of a stroke, I mean, a stroke a day is, if you gave me four less strokes for a week, I mean, you'd be I, I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not be going to Brazil. <laughs> 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 so uh, that that it is so small, and I think that that's what they do best. Like you don't know, you notice like the really great putts, you know, by Tiger and Phil and Spieth and Ricky and all these guys, but you forget like that cra- not not even a crazy up and down, but just like consistently getting it up and down from like the basic spot or maybe one crazy save. Um, it's like those things really, really keep your round going, and and they really end up piling up. I think that's what Spieth's the best at is. He really hates bogeys it seems like you know like he'll make that 20 footer and that's what tiger did i think forever is his par and bogey putts were a joke yeah. 15 feet for par and bogey is so hard i mean <laughs> all you're thinking about is is one worse shot and they they seem to not do that and you do that for four days and i, I mean it seems hard not to be in the mix
0: yeah to me i, I this, this i think it may be almost the exact thing you're saying just kind of opposite way of thinking in that it seems like the really top players. It takes several mistakes in a row for them to make a bogey, whereas yeah. it's the the players that aren't recovering as well. If you're missing a green, uh, if you if you just don't have the level of short game that those guys have, you're just so much more likely to make a bogey, right? Right. Like
1: if speech, I, I heard one of the better quotes. I think I heard. I, I it was a long time ago. I was, I was a kid, but it said that. Uh, like this is such a stupid thing when you think about like the. Basis of it, but they're like a professional golfer has to hit um, like four bad shots to make a bogey, which is obviously not true. But um, the point of it was that the rest, your whole, if your whole game is well rounded, like like the top players are. I mean, they're very well rounded. I mean, you hit a bad drive, it's in play. I mean, for Phil, he lays up and he's got seventy yards, and you're like, "Man, he's gonna make birdie. <laughs> he's
0: gonna make it."
1: Uh, so that that's one thing. Uh, or you know, you don't lay up, you get up by the green, but you're you know, you're short sighted or even you're just in front of the green, and then you pitch on and you make par. I mean, like, it, it's pretty true for for when you're that refined that it's it makes it pretty difficult to make bogeys. And if you're making two bogeys around, I mean, for that that is another one. I mean, you, you do that for the rest of your career. Um, Yeah, I mean, you're going to make a lot of money.
0: Yeah. How, uh, it sounds like you are quite analytical. How much, how analytical are you with like first like track man on one side and then like on the other side strokes gained and your actual stats from the rounds?
1: I am very analytical in a like logical sense. I don't actually like that stuff at all. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think that a little bit of track man's great. Like I'll use it. I actually have used it from like my wedges. Like I'll swing one, you know, choke up an inch or whatever and swing a three quarter and then see how far it goes just to know like that. Okay. And I'll write it down. That's how far that shot goes. Um, so then I know, you know, you get on the golf course, you got 68 and that was that swing. You don't have to think about it, but I, I've seen a lot of people – now, these are still great golfers that do this, but just they get so engulfed in the numbers. I don't know how you bring that to the golf course, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I like the feel sense of it. I, I can't – I just can't picture – I know if I hit it good. Like, I don't need the track man to be like, oh, yeah, you hit up on it one. That was perfect. I was like, yeah, I can tell it went far and straight and didn't spin a lot. I mean, like, you know, you use your eyes. So I'm not a huge fan of that. The strokes game is interesting, I think. Again, I don't use it probably as much as I could, but um, it, I think it's just eye-opening because you'll play around and you're like, man, you know, I mean, you, you played college golf, right?
0: No, no, no. I played high school.
1: Oh, high school golf. Okay. Even still, that's even better. <laughs> you walk <laughs> off the round, and then the kid would be like, like how'd you play, buddy? You know, your friend would be like, oh, I hit it great, but I shot 77. Just
0: didn't make like, any okay. putts today. <laughs>
1: didn't make any putts. And then you'll go back on it, and you'll look, and you're like, oh, I hit 11 greens. <laughs> I actually putt kind of decent inside 10 feet. And it's like wow, that that's really <laughs> eye opening, and like th- that that's the shocking part for me. I I thought I was a uh, a terrible putter last year, and then I went back in the stats and like inside ten feet, I was really good. I just didn't make a lot of fifteen footers, you know. So that's the ones you see on TV. But I would, I mean, I trade, I trade uh, always having my 10 footers at good versus 15. Um, so it just, you have to, I think for me, I have to look at it just to remind myself what I need to work on because you get caught up in, oh man, you know, this is, I'm terrible. Right. But then you look and it's like, man, that's not where you're bad.
0: That's what I think it's actually good for. I don't think you can like look at it and it can help you know where to improve, but it also, it kind of helped, me again. I, I to even bring this up. I hate to even p- compare like my game to yours. Obviously, we're not in comparison, <laughs> but like <laughs> in in my head, like I've always thought I'm a terrible putter, and it's yeah. it's mostly factual. But at the same time, like <clears throat> I, I read Mark Brody's book, "Every Shot Counts," so the guy that yeah. basically invented uh strokes gained punting and whatnot, yeah. and it didn't make it until that I didn't realize how much what, like other factors were contributing to the fact that I had an 8-footer for par that I needed to make. Uh, oh, yeah. And when I wasn't <laughs> making any of those, I was blaming my putting when, really, I hit a, a bad drive. And all the things that you know that go into uh, – that putt seems like it, it – like, I hate when people say this. Like, you should spend the most money on your putter because it's the, the club you use the most during the round. Well, it's like, well, yeah, 10 of the holes I'm probably tapping in an easy – like, a, a, literally a tap in. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's not – It doesn't really – it's not necessarily where you make all the difference up. And it seems like guys like Speed don't get enough credit for how good their long games are. Like he's one of the top ten ball strikers in the game.
1: I'm glad that you bring that up because, like, yeah, he's a tremendous putter, but he hits it really good. I mean, like, he hits it really straight, but he, he doesn't hit it like Jason Day where it's like 12 miles and super high. Yeah. But, like, he's not hitting it, like, you know, poorly by any means. Uh, I think you like you guys see. I think they put it up for the tour championship or something last year. He like he was leading or second, and like strokes gained to green, and everyone's talking about his putting. Still, like you know, he he's not gonna wow you with it because there's people like Rory and and day but i mean it's really good well (laughs) it's really straight
0: he doesn't wow you just because he doesn't hit it far i mean me personally i am i am in awe the way he hits the ball i mean i know it's not he makes it look easy and he it looks way worse because he's always yelling at the ball while it's in the air and overreacting (laughs) to it but
1: (laughs) yeah um i was playing pool speed last year and uh i was very pleased to see that he yells at (laughs) <laughs> cue ball just like he yells at his golf ball <laughs> it was pretty amazing i was like man you do not stop complaining <laughs> that
0: is fantastic
1: that is fantastic but fun- what i actually like about it I, mean, I don't talk to my golf ball much but what i like about it is that he's a kid I mean, yeah i that that's what you do when you're a kid you you do that and it's fun to see that because he's not he's not trying to be something he's not it's it's i think it's great it's it's hilarious and it's something you know, fortunately, there's something we can make fun of him for, but it is—it's uh, pretty comical.
0: He seems to me like <clears throat> I've—I've I've said before he—he's very polished in the media. Uh, yet at the same time, he'll give you thoughtful, honest answers. Um, it doesn't seem fake to me at all. Like he does—he really seems that—that that nice and mild mannered, but is there also kind of just a, a, a more fun side to speed them than, than what we are able to see in the public?
1: Yes. He, yeah. <laughs> I think he's, there's not one fake thing about him. In my opinion, I think he's a really, really good person. Yeah. Uh, and like nice. And like you said, Polish obviously helps. He's been in the like media since he was like 12 or something. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I think my first interview was like when I was 20. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely a different dynamic for him. Um, he also, uh, yeah, he he is fun. I mean, like I said, getting to hang out with him, I, I'm very close with Justin, and you know they're best friends. Like everyone knows, so uh, <laughs> it's fun being around him because it, it reminds you that like this kid is just a kid, and it's it's kind of refreshing. Yeah. Because um, you you know when, when I was growing up watching Tiger, um, you know he was so isolated, but for for his you know good reason. I mean, he was trying to do stuff people couldn't dream of at the time. Um, And Spieth's kind of more or less doing it with friends, and you know, flying back on a plane with Zach Johnson, who just beat him. Like that's not normal, right? Uh, So I I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah, I think he's a good guy. I I haven't heard really one bad thing about him yet.
0: Yeah. If you could take any uh, one part of one player's game and sub it out for that part of your game, what are you taking?
1: Man, uh, you know what I would like uh, is Fowler's. like ability to just be really, really calm. I, I've never, I love that he doesn't. He like he doesn't react to anything. He never seems mad. Um, I think that is super useful. That, uh, yeah,
0: that sticks out it's to an me interesting too. thing
1: to say, but no, I, I've never really seen anything like that.
0: That sticks out to me too. I think I talked about that on the podcast with uh, I forget who someone recently, but um, he. I just feel. I, I root for Ricky. Uh, I think a lot of the young guys in ge- a lot of the young guys in general, I'm rooting for all the top players in the world. They're all really likable guys. And when he's standing over a six foot putt, I think it's maybe bold for me to say, but I don't think there's anyone else that I want hitting that six foot putt right now. Like he just yeah. he he has no nerves. It seems like
1: I, I don't even think that it. it I think he's trained himself to like just be so stoic. I've never seen anybody make that putt. Like he made three really nice putts at. Uh, waste management or whatever, and he didn't, like, he barely blinked. It was like it was the first hole of the tournament. Was, like, people are throwing <laughs> beer and going nuts, and he just waves. Thanks. I know. It was right in the middle.
0: Such a casual like, crowd wave, yeah. I know.
1: I was thinking what I'd be doing. I'd be, like, jumping up and down and, like, texting my mom. <laughs> so, I think he he's really impressive with that. I mean, like I said, golf game-wise, I, I like my golf game, but I think that the mental side for me is just, like, you know, it's harder. There's no strokes game for your mental game, and I would yeah. love if they could do that. I think Ricky's would be the best one.
0: Yeah, that's my fa- that's my favorite question to ask tour players. I think that's a fantastic answer. I was not expecting that. I I just <laughs> expect the Bubba or Rory's driver is what I expect the answer to be at all times. <laughs> Rory's driver would be awesome. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that also seems very easy. <laughs> um,
0: so I'm supposed to ask you a uh, a oh like before we get into that. I want uh, you brought up the waste management of Fowler. I want to know. I, I was very strongly, I was adamant that I that I supported his decision to hit driver on the seventy first hole, where a week and a half removed from it. And I just want, I just want to bounce it off somebody else that plays PGA Tour golf. That what did you think of the decision? to Hit driver was it acceptable? Did he make a mistake? And did he get a bad break? What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I liked your answer. I I didn't hate the clip at all, and I have like about three reasons why. And I I, like this is not a. There's no right answer to be honest, because then he hit a three wood in the water. So I'm not. You know, obviously wasn't a swing upper, but I mean, there's that. That's a sneaky hole because you go right, and there's a lot of you know junk over there that you don't want to be in. Um, What I first want to say is laying up on that hole with an iron. He's probably done one time in the last eight years on that hole because you don't go up to that hole thinking, "Okay, if I'm up by two, right. where am I?" And it's not that easy of a layup. Uh, considering, I mean, when you're nervous, you sometimes you just want to peg it and hit it because mm-hmm. you want to, you know, s- swing it hard. Um, so I thought that was first and foremost. I, I couldn't imagine Joe being like, "Hey, Rick, we're gonna hit five today." I know you haven't hit that before. Like, <laughs> When you're when you're in the moment and it, it, it you're really nervous, you want to pick the shot that you know. Like I've hit this one a hundred times. I'm not picking the one that I've hit once. So that was that was kind of why I liked him pulling the driver. The other reason I liked him pulling the driver because he, I think he was playing for a fan cut, like a front right fanny cut, mm-hmm. and I think he nutted it. Like he, he made a swing ten times better than I think. Like he probably like assumed it was going to be he played what i like i call it like a tour cut or there's like a tour draw when the pin's way right or in this case it was way left and all the troubles left and you're just going to guarantee that it moves right you know it's going to cut off because you know for how good you know the guys on tour and stuff are if you tell me to hit a you know three-yard cut, that's tough, I mean, to be precise. But if you're telling me just to cut it, I'm going to cut it. It's not going left. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what he was doing. And I think he just absolutely nuked it. And the other things, I, he got a horrible bounce. Yeah. I mean, that, and, and he missed the, like, that's seven yards wide back there. Like, how does that miss the bunker? Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, if it goes in the bunker, it's I mean, it's over. I, I just think that he thought he needed one birdie coming in. I mean, he finished birdie-birdie. Yep. So I, I don't know. I liked it. I guess if you could do it over, I would pick it, but there's just no way I'm, he should ever hit an iron. No. I don't get that at all.
0: No. All right. You hear that, Shane Ryan? If you're listening, I win. Max Homo agrees with me. I was listening to that one. I didn't agree
1: with Shane. You know? <laughs> it seems so. <social.
0: laughs> we, lo- we love you, Shane. But, uh, all right. Uh, I'm supposed to ask. You can guess who told me to ask you this one. But it's supposed- disgusting,
1: I can already hear it in the <laughs> voice.
0: <laughs> he, all he said was to ask about the squad with him and Mollinger. Oh, uh.
1: Yeah, we have a we have a great spot. Uh, it started two years ago at the what's now the made Invitational. It's the Callaway. It's at Pebble. Real fun week. Um, but yeah, Malinger, uh, is one of my best friends, and obviously Justin is too. And we were all hanging out for the weekend. We we're all joking about <laughs> Justin's physique, <laughs> how oh. impressive it is. <laughs> so
0: is impressive John, the word? <laughs> I think it's the only word we can go with. <laughs> um,
1: I mean. I'm, he could be beaten up by a lot of middle school girls, <laughs> just by the look. I mean, I'm sure he's feisty, but he. Uh, so yeah, so Mally uh, started calling him the body.
0: <laughs> the body.
1: So, so we love it because I mean, he had at 3:40. we just body. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, Malinger gave himself his own uh, nickname of the face because he's you know pretty. <laughs> And then somehow I stuck with the thing. <laughs> I don't know how that's But then they got nice after about a day, and it's now the gift. So it's the squad, and we uh, we are just a bunch of idiots that think we're really cool. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, our me and Mally's nicknames are great for the, you know between the squad and everybody. But the body, I think, needs to start. Yeah. He's, that was a good one that
0: he got. I don't think he's going to be in the ESPN body issue anytime soon but <laughs> I don't know if that's a okay. goal of his but uh, that nickname is yeah not quite the most fitting. Oh, one.
1: it's definitely a goal of his. I don't think you need to worry about it. It's in his journal. But I just hope it never happens. <laughs>
0: he he did tell me he would give up he would give up 10 yards to be able to dance like Chris Brown. Oh
1: gosh, I I'd give up 20. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, all right, I warned you I was going to ask you this question, and I wanted to give you some time to think about it. But I want to know, like, what is one of – a story that you have from, like, the web.com tour, like, of somebody I, – I, I'm just picturing somebody doing something really screwy. Like, you're looking around and being like, where am I? What is going on right now? Somewhere in Panama or Colombia. What's, like, a, like a, like a funny – like, one of your go-to web.com stories?
1: So probably my favorite story, and I'm going to save the name. Because I don't know this man well enough, I'm sure you wouldn't care. He told people, but um, I don't know him well enough to text him and tell him that I'm telling people this. But there was a in Panama. Now the Panama is 100,000 degrees. <laughs> it is the hottest place you've ever been. And there's a whole four to five. You walk up a hundred stairs. It's a it's a real walk. I mean, it's hot and you're going. So this. I was inside the cut line by three, I think, at the time, and get to that hole, and it was his back nine on Friday. And he <laughs> called an official over and took a cart ride up. <laughs> and the official said, you know, I got to penalize you. Like, I-, I can't give you this ride. Right. I'm going to penalize you. He goes, <laughs> basically, I don't know if this is what he actually said, but he was basically saying, these two strokes are gonna be better than whatever comes after this walk. <laughs> and he made the cut.
0: <laughs> he did it he took the two stroke penalty
1: he took it yep he made the cut
0: that is fantastic I cannot wait to it... I'm going to cut this podcast short because I, I can't wait for you to tell me the name of this guy that did this
1: yeah it's really special but yeah, they're like, I got there this year and I, I, the last day I was in like 60th or whatever and I mean I talked to that home and I was like this of sounds nice
0: <laughs> just thinking
1: about it I'll stroll out there <laughs>
0: What's a what's a guy you've been uh, you've been paired with in a tournament or anywhere web uh, pro college anywhere where I maybe had a reputation going into it or whatnot? Just didn't know the guy very well and you were like really surprised that you enjoyed playing with that person.
1: Well, there's two because the only reason I'm saying the first one is because I want to say that I I discovered this guy before I think he got popular and that's Danny Lee. I played with him. Okay. Two years ago, or maybe last year, at the uh, in Tampa, and I, you know, looking at looking at him, and he's very quiet, and um, you know, Stoking he practices a lot. So you just assume he's going to be one of those like off dorks that doesn't talk. And he is obviously now everyone knows he's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> that guy is unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, I got to play with him, and that was great. The other one, uh, and I actually got lucky. I got to play with him for the first time last week in Columbia, uh, but I. At him at the playoffs this year because everyone's telling me how much they love this kid. His name's Hao Tong Lee. Do you remember him? He was leading that WGC. Yeah. Um, and everyone's talking about how funny he is. And I'm like, come on. Like, everyone's going, like, all my friend Mally, and uh, uh, he keeps telling me, I'm like, great, this kid is a beer on. And I'm like, okay, but he, he's he's, you know, very recently from china so he doesn't speak like a lot of english or i mean he speaks a lot of english just broken a little bit yeah. so i'm like how are you like how's this like you know your new favorite person and i met him and he's, he's amazing like he's, <laughs> he's super funny like so last week we finally get paired together thursday friday he's really good too which is is fun but we're playing him the first three holes the second round he just it was bad i mean he went bogey 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 or something and then he makes like this 20 footer and like on the next one for Birdie and kind of like does this whole like dance, not dance, but like rendition of like just super happiness, like relief. And then he makes another 20 on the next one. He walks right and he goes, is back <laughs> he said what uh, he said he said how Tong is back <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wow third person
0: <laughs> yes yeah, but full third person but like if anyone could do it if you mean this kid, it's him <laughs> i can respect a a a, uh, a respectable third person reference there. that's fantastic <laughs> <was> so,
1: good. <laughs> so he's the, those are very sneaky i mean you know danny's famous now but this mm-hmm. how Tong is is gonna i mean his media is uh, press conferences are going to be really good coming up
0: alright now I'm looking forward to this now noted um, alright what is I can't believe we've made it 45 minutes without me asking you this yet what is your vintage or your go to tour sauce move
1: oh god uh, it used to be the club twirl <laughs> um, because I mean Tiger looks so cool and then I, I did it once and actually my agent saw me do it and he always brings it up and now I'm like oh man <laughs> I think that was too much so it was the it was definitely the club twirl. I'm starting. To, uh, I don't fist pump that much. Um, I like a little you know like the little kind of cocky walk to the hole when you like make a putt, but you kind of like sidestep it like a little power step. Oh, yeah, oh, I definitely. like that one, but like a like kind of slow. I think that one looks cool.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about like for bad shots? like are you uh, do you ever do the like the check for the yardage book after you go long or short? <laughs>
1: I wanted to ask myself. If I was, you know, there's something wrong with me. Um, I don't look at the yard book. I don't really get <laughs> what that accomplishes. Um, and I don't. I don't really understand either. Throwing the grass up after you miss it. Um, I'm pretty good at let, letting go, of the club, and then yeah. So, so maybe that's also my torso move. I'm not really sure. Say that
0: again. You broke up a little bit. Letting go of the club and then what?
1: Letting go of the club and I can kind of catch, catch it. it. Like I'll let it and then like backing my right
0: and grab it what about coming out of a bunker um you hit the shot onto the green do you do the f- you rake over the sand with your foot as if that does something oh yeah i didn't
1: even think about that yeah that, that's my move <laughs> what, does that that. what
0: does that accomplish what does that accomplish
1: to be honest i think every time i do it i think that to myself <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> but i think it's easier to rip, i'll give you that because there's not a huge clump of sand that's why you do it honestly um that, that's the biggest thing my other thing I do I got it from Fowler watching him I tap down the spike marks after I step which always also makes me laugh at myself because I mean I've just walked on the entire green uh, <laughs> that is cool. tap down I, the spike I, I, mark honestly, you're you're doing these things and you're, you're wondering what the heck you're even dipping
0: you gotta wave to gotta the crowd while you're doing it. the spike mark tap that's the key <laughs> yes. that's the key one hand wave to the crowd <laughs> All right, last question. I'll let you out on this. On the currently on the PGA tour, who wins a tournament? Every everyone plays their absolute best for four rounds.
1: Gosh, that's tough. Um,
0: I can. I'll warn you. Like
1: C- CBS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't give me a political answer here. Come on. Um. Gosh, that's hard. I I I gotta say. I got to
1: say Rory. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, but but then again, like, speed could literally make, like, 600 feet worth of putts <laughs> a day. Putt is best. <laughs> so, I, I got to say Rory. I mean, j- just just from what everybody says about how, I mean, he hits it so well. He probably has the most 10, 10 to 15 footers of anybody if he stripes it. So, yeah. I'm going to go with him.
0: Okay. I lied, because I do have one more question for you, actually. Um, I, right. I don't remember, um, I think I remember reading somewhere today that you shot a 61 once at Los Angeles Country Club. Was that at Pac-12s, or when was that? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was
0: Pac-12s. How awesome is, I don't know anything about Los Angeles Country Club other than what I looked at. <laughs> it's it's hosting the U.S. Open in 2023. How awesome is that place?
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I'm really curious how they're going to do the Open there. Obviously, the u s c a is much smarter than I, but... Um, they, uh, they're, you know, it's traffic and it's like right in the middle of the city, but the place is so cool. Uh, the golf course is hard. I mean, it's a really good golf course. It is really, really, really hard. And I'm not just saying that because you
0: know, i the,
1: the record guy. <laughs> but it is really hard. Like we were talking about yesterday about how hard that open could be because it's really long and they're going to tighten the fairways a little and the greens are great, but the, the scenery is cool too. I mean, you play next to the Playboy Mansion on 14. You can like go down and see the monkeys if you want. Um, You can see the city on, uh, like the whole city on, I think it's 11. I mean, the, I think that's going to be a really good open. I'm really excited for that thing to, to come this way.
0: That's awesome. Well, you just got me even more excited. I think I can wait. I can wait the 7 <laughs> yes. years, but uh hey man, thanks a ton for taking the time. Best of luck this year. Um I I I will say I'm I can be kind of a good luck charm with podcasts. I had <laughs> I had your buddy on before he won his first tour event, so uh, next time I have a feeling you'll be a PGA Tour winner the next time we check in with you.
1: Oh, thanks. I really appreciate being on. This is fun. I love what you guys do, and uh, it's fun following you guys on social media, and uh, these podcasts are great, so I'm I'm glad I could be a
0: part of it. Well, appreciate you saying that, man. We will uh, catch up with you again soon, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This was uh, Max Homa. Max, take it easy, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys.